Welcome to the internet. This is a red line podcast to, I don't know, YouTube or something. I'm your host, Connor Dunstan, and these are my co-hosts, Kyle Holland and Alex Fielder. Today we're continuing our extended conversation about the rising cost of building transit in North America by talking about the Second Avenue subway, perhaps the most expensive metro project in the history of the world. We'll talk TBMs, Q trains, and union contracts after the news. Imagine having a train named Q. That's yeah. embarrassing. Train the service has been disrupted across the Bay Area this week as torrential rainfall pummels the Pacific coast. Down trees were the chief culprit, disrupting service on both Muni and Caltrain routes, but the rain itself was also a major issue, causing huge flat spots on a lot of BART trains, <laughs> meaning that over 100 BART train cars are currently out of service. Uh, so... You know, if you're in the Bay Area, expect a lot more disruptions, given that you're getting, like, two more of these horrible storms in next week. So, but, yeah, overall, you know, not that bad, considering y'all got eight inches of rain. Love that. Um, any washouts on the Amtrak tracks? Uh, in Southern California? Yeah, the ones that, like, run on the coast. I think so, yes. Um, actually, I read something saying that they've had to stop work repairing them because of the new rain, and that's making <laughs> things worse. So, you know... Great job, guys. Keep going. The subtitle of this uh, first section of the 2nd Avenue subway is, quote, a long-expected project. Oh, yeah. How old of a project is the 2nd Avenue subway? Literally 100 years. So they got the first part of what was supposed to be done in, like, 1930 done in 2017. And how old is America? <laughs> 200 and some years. <laughs> yep, so long time coming. Yeah, long time coming. Uh. Uh, so the 2nd Avenue subway was first conceived in 1920 in response to a massive surge in ridership following the First World War. Daniel L. Turner, at the time chief engineer of the New York City Public Services Division, drew up a comprehensive rapid transit system plan, which included a version of the 2nd Avenue subway running from the easternmost parts of the Bronx through Manhattan and into Brooklyn. Wow. Yeah. So it was going to be a lot more ambitious than it is now, because right now it just branches off the, please, New Yorkers, don't murder me. You have like 40 subway services. I think the BQM line... It branches off that, then goes to the east a little bit, then gets on 2nd Avenue and goes north for three stops. Okay. And the Q train runs through there. Yeah. He originally wanted it to be six tracks. <laughs> yeah, he wanted it to <laughs> be six tracks. Uh, <laughs> what the actual hell? Can we say hex tracks? I think it would be hex tracks. Is there even any? Is there yes, even a railway yes. that does that? And look at look up the Japan Central Railway through Tokyo, and uh, we'll see. That, that's that's hex tracks. That is beyond hex tracks. Oh my goodness! It's like twelve. <laughs> well, he envisioned that it would replace several nearby elevated lines and relieve congestion <laughs> on the already congested Lexington Avenue line. Yeah, which I believe is the 4, 5, and 6, and also the 7, which is a rush hour train, I think. Okay. Please, once again, New Yorkers, you have 40 subway services. Do not lambast me for not knowing your, your ridiculously and absurdly complicated system, and it's lovely, and I wish I lived there. And if you know the whole <laughs> system... That's good. Yeah, congratulations. That's yeah. you have a bigger brain Impressive. than I do. This seems slightly ambitious. 
Yeah, um, and the fact that the Lexington Avenue line um, is congested is going to keep coming up because it just never stops being congested Which because they never built the Second Avenue Which subway. Which is why we're finally building the Second Avenue subway. <laughs> yeah, like. Um, in 2015, which was the peak year of transit ridership ever in America after, you know, car, <laughs> um, it had 1.3 million daily riders on the Lexington Avenue line. Oh, jeez. So on one line. More than any other metro system in the country. And, like, 10x our whole system. Yeah. In, that's crazy. Yeah, big, big, big line. Huge. Um, oh, and they wanted to run 56 trains an hour through this. On the six track. Wait, yeah, on the 56, si- 56 trains an hour. Trains an hour. That I mean, would be including expresses and... You could do that on a modern quad track. Yeah, but still, 56 trains an hour. Oh, almost a train a minute. That's almost a yeah, train a minute. Yeah, holy hell. <laughs> so, it That's was, ambitious. It was going to be a big deal. Um, so... This line was not considered a priority by the IND, one of the three subways systems in New York at the time, um, which... Two of them are sort of the same and can work together. The other one has a different loading gauge, so it can't work with the other two. Uh, and New York, they have a nightmarish subway system. I'll it's say old. That. It's old, yeah. So, yeah, it wasn't considered by a priority by the IND, which was actually the city-owned one, uh, so it was put on hold. In 1927, however... Daniel Turner drew up a revised version of his earlier plan, and this came much closer to happening. Reactions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping there's less than six tracks this time around. I think that there were only three. Why not four? Because peak directional express service is kind of a New York hallmark. And you can do that with three tracks. Good good for New York. Well, he really just cuts it in half. Yeah, he did. Well, uh, the city approved funding for his revised version of Lower Line in 1929, and it was about four inches <laughs> <laughs> about four inches from happening when the Great Depression hit, Awkward. forcing the project to be pushed back a full decade. <laughs> uh, which was then followed by the Second World War, which pushed it back further, and then the Korean War, which pushed it back further, and then, yeah. Etc. Etc. Life, life happened. Life, life happened. got in the way. Life continued to happen in New York City. <laughs> so, um, are we still sticking with that revised design today, or has it changed? We'll get to that. But they kept revising the design because, like, one of the 1900s plans had like four tracks, and then another had three tracks again, and another had two tracks, and another had, and then they kept going. <laughs> like, they didn't actually come up with the plan that they would use today until the 90s. So <laughs> they just kept, like, coming up with new I ideas. I guess when it's never making it that far through the planning and construction stages, you can just do what you want. Oh, we'll get there. Um, in 1964, the federal government passed the Urban Mass Transportation Act, authorizing federal funding for transit projects. Well. The MTA was definitely coincidentally founded exactly one year later, and the 2nd Avenue subway became a prime project for them, as the Lexington Avenue line had become extremely overcrowded. As opposed to just crowded. Yes. Great. As like it was before. (laughs) You know, 45 years earlier. (laughs) Well, then came good news. With construction finally beginning in 1927, and then... 1972. Ooh. Dyslexia. (laughs) (laughs) And then promptly ceasing after New York City began to experience a massive fiscal crisis. Although leaders hoped that the feds would bail out the line, 
it was the Nixon administration, and there was no way he was bailing out those damn commie cities. Yeah, yeah. so the funny <laughs> thing about New York City before the 1970s and after World War II is it had basically become what Bernie Sanders wants for America, right? Interesting. Like, good health care, mostly socialized housing, like, everything was socialized, and it was, like, kind of, like, the ideal social democratic city, and it was, you know, doing okay. But then they forgot that you have to pay for the things you buy. Intriguing <laughs> concepts. Huh. Using funny things like taxes. Yeah, and so they were going to hit this fiscal cliff. Um, because they forgot to get money before spending it. Because they forgot to it. get money, and then they did hit this fiscal cliff. And New York, outside of New York City, is basically nothing. No offense to Syracuse, Rochester, and Buffalo, and Albany, and Long Island, and the rest of New York. But y'all, <laughs> um, I hate to break it to you. Like, all of your tax revenue comes from the city. So, (laughs) well, and this is especially exacerbated by the fact that at the time, Syracuse, Buffalo, and Rochester were in just, like, massive decline because they're part of the Rust Belt. So, New York City hits this fiscal cliff, and they're like, hey, Nixon administration, we want to continue funding all of these social programs that we like having. (laughs) The problem, the Nixon administration was, in fact, Republican. That's a hard sell. And so they didn't want to pay for service, as has been said previously. (sighs) And so... Service was defunded because they they couldn't, like, raise enough local taxes in time. Yeah, they couldn't bail it out. And New York City was also starting to go into its suburbanization decline at this time. Uh, Because it hit it a little, like, a decade later than the rest of the country because it's New York. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so... Anyway, they hit the fiscal cliff. The line was paused. New York has never been the same since, literally. Like, it didn't recover from that until, like, 95, maybe. Whew. Jeez. That, that's when they made all the edgy movies, like Taxi Driver. That's right. That's also when New York became the gay place. Ooh, and that's how the Stone- gay place? Yeah, so Richard Nixon caused Stonewall. There you go. <laughs> that's your fact of the day. I don't know history too well. What is Stonewall? Stonewall is the riot that started the gay rights movement. Oh, well, thank you, Dixon. Yeah, stuff. <laughs> thank you, Dixon. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, so yeah, thanks, Richard Nixon, an ally, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Not on purpose. Indirect. Indirectly, uh, but some sections were completed before the shutdown, specifically between 99th and 105th Streets, 110th and 120th Streets. And between Division and Canal Streets in Ch- Chinatown. That's not very much, is it? Don't they have, like, little streets? It's not very much. Yeah, they have normal blocks. Little blocks? Normal Jeez. blocks. Small blocks. Normal blocks. Miniature Small. blocks. Normal. Small. They're weird You guys shapes, are weird. Yeah. Salt, Salt Lake is the average block size. No, Salt yeah. Lake is the largest block no, no, size no, no, in no, the no, world. No. Salt Lake is no. the standard block size as decreed by God himself. <laughs> oh, right. Yep, <laughs> Sorry, I forgot Joseph Smith, God, and Brigham Young. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Kyle on this one. Uh, we have normal-sized blocks. Yeah, and when they built these sections, they were double-tracked, except for one section, which was triple-tracked, but the third track was only meant for inspection trains. Okay. So it was double-tracked now. Okay. Oh. Which is fine. A far cry. It's been cut to a third of its original glory. The hex track. Yeah, the hex track. Okay, well, that's <laughs> that's kind of excessive. Maybe just four. 
Could, yeah. could you imagine if they built a hex track? Oh, my God. That would be so based. That's like three subway lines in one. Well, most New York subway lines are like four or five subway lines in one. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so when NYC began to recover in the 1990s, planning and work for the line began anew. Uh, by this time, the Lexington Avenue line was the most crowded <laughs> line in the country, averaging 1.3 million riders by 2015. An EIS was undertaken in 1999, and after years of planning, construction of the first phase began in 2007. It was to be the most expensive subway line ever built. Hmm, well, 2007 sounds like a bad year to start talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, thankfully, this one kept going, although I imagine that the fact it wasn't completed until 2017 has something to do with that. For, mind you, 1.8 miles of track oh might, my goodness. might have something to do with, um, with the recession, maybe. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. Uh, so, phase one, which is 1.8 miles from its interchange with, please don't quote me on this again, I think the BQM, which is the something, the something Avenue subway. Uh, let's see, I can look at, it's down here somewhere. It's the Broadway line, because it runs on Broadway. Okay. Creative naming. Yes. Um, so that, it basically runs from its interchange there to, uh, 105th Street. Okay. Pretty simple. And it's 1.8 miles, and it costs 4.5 billion dollars. Why is it so expensive? It's New York, baby, New York. Like, are we like relocating the catacombs? <laughs> Think about how many pipes they got down there. Okay, isn't but even with that, isn't this deep bore? Partially. Partially. Because the, some of the sections they were. <laughs> The, they reused some of the sections that were built in the 70s. Ah, which were not deep which bore. Which were not deep bore. Back before oh. they had deep bore. Wait, so they did tunnel boring machine at non-deep bore depth. It, it was complicated. I am not fam- particularly familiar with the particular construction details or methods, but it is primarily or primarily deep bore. Interesting. Yes. With an absolute <laughs> crap load of utility relocations. I assume so. And rat relocations. The trouble with Lots building things in New York is they don't know where any of their pipes are mostly. Yeah, that Because that they have sense. too many of them. <laughs> I can't blame them for that. And you got to line the walls of the subway tunnels with $100 bills. Yeah. <laughs> Which are definitely not a bribe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there was no corruption involved in this project at all. How could that be? How? None. Literally how? zero. Explain None. to me how that would work. <laughs> it's New York City. There has never been a corruption problem in New York City or the state of New York. Nope. Not once. Never. Nope. Tammany Hall, what's that? Let, let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> no uh, corruption. There's let's no corruption on. in New York. I'll put a horse head in your bed if you say there are. That's, that's Jersey, actually. But, you know. Uh, so, <laughs> so phase one of the Second Avenue line opened on January, opened in January 2017 and runs under Manhattan's Second Avenue from 65th Street to 105th Street with stations at 72nd, 86th, and 96th. Uh, it's double tracked, and um, basically they didn't do like a single bore. They have double bore, so there's two different tunnels between stations. Yeah, and then all the stations are island stations because reasons. Because we wanted to put the to keep track down tunnels costs. farther apart from. To keep down costs. But haven't you seen the ones in like London where they do like a dual bore tunnel and the two bores are right next to each other, and then they do these like 
big bores for the stations, or at least they looked like big bores because they've got an arch on the ceiling for structural I don't purposes. know why they did island platforms, especially given that this line is anticipated to eventually carry similar numbers to the Lexington Avenue line. So shouldn't they have done side platforms to f- facilitate any possible future expansion? You would think. They'll just have to overpay for that in Yeah, they'll pay a bazillion dollars for that in two hundred years. So Yeah. (laughs) They could just build the second pair of tracks underneath the first. And it's not the BQM, it's the BMT line. Oh. So I was actually close. You got two of the letters. You're proud of me? I did. And then it becomes the BMTQ because the Q runs into it. (laughs) (laughs) Or something. Uh, yeah, so it connects to the Broadway Street line and also to a different line, which I can't remember right now. Oh, the 6th Avenue line. Um, but they don't use that for revenue trains anymore since 2020. Oh, why not? Since 2020. COVID service cuts? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, and then also the N and R trains, which are rush hour only trains, um, operate on the, on the on the line as well. So there you go. That's that's the Second Avenue line. It was constructed <laughs> over ten years at a cost of four point eight billion dollars for one point eight miles of track. As many four point five billion dollars. As many people have been saying, um, not a lot of uh, not a lot of train for a lot of money. You don't say. Let's go on to phase two, shall we? Well, I imagine that would be more efficient uh, and cheaper than the yeah. previous phase, right? Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's sure, definitely. So they want to extend it, uh, like. 20 blocks to 125th Street. and Only 20 blocks? Yeah, yeah it's going to have three new stations. It's going to be great. It's going to be brand new. Uh, it's phase two of four, so eventually they want to take it into Brooklyn and uh, further in, in into... In what, like 2100? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh, but don't look, at the, don't look at the thing. Guess how much it's going to cost. This, this 1.5 Well, this expansion. one's like half as long, right? No, it's 1.5 miles. Okay, so it's the same length. Roughly, I mean, 0.3 miles shorter. Um, two and a half billion. I I can't guess, but that sounds about right. That sounds fair. Okay, seems pretty reasonable, right? 2.5 billion. That's still a lot of money, but it's but New York. It's, and it's, it's New York. It's New York. And it's an incremental it's gonna, improvement over the previous well, project. and it's going to get six trillion riders a second anyway. So it doesn't, <laughs> like, you can spend a lot of money on it; it'll mm-hmm. still be worth it. Yeah. Uh, so, this 1.5-mile, three-station expansion into Harlem, uh, it's going to cost $6.4 billion. What the hell? <laughs> United States dollars. How? Uh, How? That makes the cost per mile of Phase 2 nearly $4.3 billion per mile. What's the cost per foot there? <laughs> I don't know. Do the calculations real quick, but it should be in the hundreds of thousands uh, of dollars. For so that's, that's going to be the most expensive real estate in the city, then. Yes, this will be the most expensive <laughs> rail project anywhere ever. $814,000 per foot, or just short of a million dollars <laughs> per foot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I didn't do that math, but I'm glad you did because that's fucking hilarious. You could you could pay some like PhD students to like a hundred dollars an hour to go in with a pickaxe and make <laughs> It'd those probably tunnels. be cheaper. You could pay me fifty dollars an hour. You to pay do me that. five. Oh no, five dollars. You could pay <laughs> me twenty dollars. You could pay me the New York minimum wage, which is fifteen dollars. Okay, pay Connor fifteen dollars an hour to go dig with a pickaxe, and it will cost a small fraction and of the price. And take less time, probably, because the anticipated opening of this thing's in twenty nine or thirty. <sighs> 
I think they're working on it right now, if I'm not mistaken. And then you can go get, like, Brian the plumber or whoever to go move the pipes as Connor's digging with the pickaxe. See, <laughs> why do we have to do things like A million dollars a foot. Like, this isn't even an ethics problem at this point. We're way past the, like, hey, uh, costs of safety. Yeah. <laughs> a million dollars so, a foot. So what's interesting, I wish and, I got and, paid I'm, a million and I'm glad you guys mentioned the cost of safety because this has been one of MTA, the MTA's key, like, excuses, like, well, we're safer and we have more regulations here in New York than in other places. Great. And that's why it costs more. And that is a lie because uh, there are 5.5 accidents per, like, you know, unit of working. I think it's 100,000 man hours in New York City construction, mm-hmm. even though it costs more, versus 3.3 elsewhere in the country for transit projects. Interesting. Is that because of all the pipes they keep hitting their heads? <laughs> <laughs> it's probably... Incompetence and stupidity, but um, <laughs> and at any rate, we're still well, well, well beyond the cost so, of safety. So let's let's talk about why this costs so much in New York, even like compared to other really expensive cities, because because the MTA would have you believe that everything costs so much in New York because it's New York, it's New York. Even though there are already other huge, old, dense cities we can compare to. Yeah. Let's also think for a second. London, Paris, Moscow, Paris Tokyo. has the catacombs. Paris has the why'd actual catacombs. Why'd you keep saying catacombs? Yes, catacombs. Catacombs. <laughs> Boise. 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 Boise, Idaho. Idaho. Um, All right, so Paris having the literal catacombs. Yeah, and it costs oh. the... Av- oh, good. Oh, I got to find the... Hold on, this is really not pipes were bad. <laughs> You're killing me Try when you say catacombs. <laughs> hey, you just okay, okay. I think, yeah, I think so, pipes so, are harder to move than skeletons. So Paris <laughs> is building like a new deep bore subway line called Line 14. It's going to be like a circle line. Basically. Okay. It's a really big deal. It's going to cost $450 million a mile, whereas the first phase of the Second Avenue subway cost $2.5 billion a mile. That is a factor of five. Right, and these are similar <laughs> cities. They're super expensive. There's tons of old crap underground. There's all of this. Factor of five. And also, it's France, where you're legally allowed to take like half the year off for vacation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. It must be it must be the rat relocation fees. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that's going to be it. And also, they make New York doesn't even have that many rats. Oh, there's only two, to like okay. there's only 2.5 million rats in New York City. Well, how many rats per person? <laughs> like point, uh, fractional, like fractional. 0.3 rats. You don't per even person. get a rat per person. No. Oh, okay. Whereas, that's no rats. Whereas in London there are 8 million people and 11 million. Rats. <laughs> See, that's that's and they what I'm still talking about. Have cheaper construction costs. Okay. Yeah, that's no excuse though. Aren't they also doing like huge mine stations on Second Avenue subway? Of they are. They're, they're Texas. So, they're doing it Texas style. They're doing it. They're doing it Austin style. See, that's yeah. what I was thinking. <laughs> when we brought this up. Uh, so, so let's look over some of the reasons here. So, reason number one: the ground is full of cost snakes that slither around and bite all the workers, <laughs> and they eat the raw materials, and they burst all the pipes. Yes. <laughs> no. Reason number one is overstaffing. Uh, so, on average. Um, Contractors are hiring 25 to 30 percent more workers than are actually needed to do the job. Questionable. This is partly because of unions. Old union rules. Old union rules from like the 1900s when you had to like dig the things out by hand. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So that's not great. Side note on the union thing this whole thing where certain old unions will try and have more jobs 
never made sense to me because your job as a union is to protect the interest interests of your union members and right, automation they never got rid of those workers and automation and technology allow you to have fewer significantly higher quality jobs and i would think that would be in the interest of the union no but you could get paid to just watch someone yeah, else yeah because there are people who are actually getting paid in these new york subway constructions to sit and run automated elevators, to sit and watch generators run. Like, things <laughs> See, that's that, like, my kind of like, job. Like, <sighs> crazy bullshit, scaremongering Republican union jobs, which, while being great and hilarious, <laughs> <laughs> is not ideal. So someone's probably uh, counting rats on a and, notepad. And this, isn't even, <laughs> and this isn't even the union doing this. Like, this yeah, is the contractors this is the contract- doing this. Because the contractors know they're going to get whatever money they ask for because it's got to be built. Right. Like this is the unions, like are probably are not cooperating. Doing this. Uh, well, I mean, if you're the union and you're smart, heck yeah, you want your union member to get <laughs> to sit around watching a generator run. Heck yeah, that's a great job. All you have to do is sit and watch a generator run, <laughs> <laughs> or operate a push button elevator. Like that—that's a great job. So they're doing some bad contracting. Yeah. Oh well, and the thing is, these are, and these are like. New York union jobs, so you're getting paid like $100 an hour. What the hell? Because it's considered a hazardous condition. You're underground. Maybe we and should... Then, and then most of these jobs have built-in overtime as well, so they get paid $400 an hour for the built-in overtime. Maybe we should rethink this in the light of the fact what? that it's not the year 1900 and it is okay to be underground. We're underground. We're in an underground building right now. Yes, we are. Yeah. We're in the underground portion of the library. Uh, we should be getting quad quad time on the podcast so seriously um yeah and then reason number two is a lack of competition because in most cities when you're building an urban rail project you have a few different contractors you get like eight to twenty bids for your project okay in new york they normally get one to three so the contractor knows they can charge whatever the hell they want. That's right. There's actually something that's called the MTA surcharge, where contractors will <laughs> up their uh, costs by Just up to fifty percent because the MTA has to pay and because it they know they can. Build it. They know they can get away with it. Well, why aren't there so few contractors? Because they have connections in Albany. Ah, construction. Uh, I mean, corruption. No, wait, corruption. New York has never had a problem with corruption and does not currently have a problem with corruption. Wink, Why? wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> <laughs> Why doesn't the MTA, as an old and big agency, not have an... Why, does, why don't they have an in-house construction department? Because that's not how you do things. That There's no... You just don't. That's something that gets done a lot in road construction. Why couldn't we do that with road subway construction? Road construction is a constant thing you always have to be doing. Even with the most, like, the largest, like, subway systems in the world, you are never going to be constantly building more subway just because of how much capacity you get out of the subway and how much, even at the cheapest, building a subway line costs. Really? Even in New York? Uh, there have been long gaps where they haven't built anything. Huh. So we should... Especially recently. Interesting. So we should uh, have rail contractors that know they're going to die one day. And uh, incentivize to build as much rail in the U.S. as possible. That's right. Or just have a, gov- a federal department that builds rail. That's probably better, but... Ah, government. Yep. 
another thing, political pressure. Contractors add 25% as the MTA factor, then 10% as <laughs> a contingency for possible changes, then another 10 to 12% on top of that for profit and overhead. And, you know, we're paying 10% extra compared to other countries because they have to pay for workers' health insurance, and we're paying 100 or $400 an hour to people for overtime. So you can see how the costs start to add up. Well... And the design, like we talked about earlier, like grandiose underground stations that are entirely unnecessary when you could just build something practical. Right. Just in the classic New York. Uh, that's <laughs> actually a big factor, um, design, because the MTA spent $1.4 billion designing this project. What the hell? Like, it's too underground. Phase. And this is another thing where there is definitely no corruption in New York City ever. Uh, where they only ever hire this engineering firm called WSP USA, which is made, surprisingly, almost entirely out of former MTA employees. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, that doesn't that, sound like that's a no corruption, corruption that's, in New York City that's ever. That's no corruption, though. No. That's normal. Nobody Everyone could, does that. Nobody could just be skimming hundreds of millions <laughs> off of MTA for fun. So, so you get these extravagant working costs because contractors want to drive up costs even more by hiring more workers. Because they can. Then you have a 10% markup because you have to pay for worker health insurance in this country. And then you have $400 overtime. And then you have contractors marking it up 50% anyway. And then you have MTA just spending gargantuan amounts of money on the design phase and consultants and, you know, and then designing a poor, like, design in the first place where you just have to excavate these cavernous stations and, you know, like, exceedingly complicated ventilation stuff and you just get the most expensive subway project in the world and it costs 4.3 billion dollars a mile or whatever thanks complete lack of corruption in new york city yeah they should just consult me and i'll just be like avoid the avoid the the pipes and make the stations just like practical simple like the tube station Co copy paste new york and cover would that would that actually be better than Deep Bore in New it's York? It's always with the better pipes? than Deep. It is always better than Deep Bore, no <laughs> matter pipes. how many utilities uh. you have. It's always better than Deep Bore because the thing about pipes is it's easier to know where they are the closer they are to the surface because you can do things like underground scanning and uh. and there's you know more likely been more recent work there, so you know what might be going on closer to the surface. But the deeper you go, the less you know about what's down there, and including I guess utilities. There are practical limits and like the ground conditions as to how deep you can go because you can't you probably can't just go under all the pipes well you can but then you couldn't get it back up to meet the broad street or broadway line or whatever right because it because hey, new could, york loves interline we could just lines everything we could just pull a london and have like a transfer with a big set of escalators and a half mile walk that's worse but it would I'm, be really 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 hot underground yeah too, which is for fun yeah yeah sounds like a a really good project, not corrupt at all. Yeah, and, oh, and here's a line from the New York Times. So France's unions are powerful, right? Like France is well known for being the country where you can take half your year off on vacation <laughs> and they can't fire you. Mm -hmm. uh, so on the Line 14 project, which is kind of analogous to the 2nd Avenue subway because it has similar designs, similar you know stations, et cetera, et cetera, there were 200 total workers on the job, each earning $60 per hour. The Second Avenue subway employed 700 workers at any given time, each making $100 an hour. So, like we said, New York has never had any corruption ever. Never. I don't know why we keep bringing this up. Nope. Could totally not fix all of this, this with, like, good contracting and labor practices. 
No, <laughs> you, you definitely couldn't. No, nope, not whatsoever. And like, <laughs> I think you should pay the workers $100 an hour, but also there should not need to be 700 of them. They're, they have a very valuable skill, and they deserve as much money as we can get them. However, there do not need to be 700 of them. So use the technology and the automation and the machines to have a small number of high-quality jobs. Instead of a large number of jobs that are... And then, guess what, Connor? So say we, say we get the number of people working on the Second Avenue subway down to 300 through good labor practices. It's only costing us $300,000 per hour. <laughs> Great. And, and, then, and then with all this money, we have saved on the project by doing good contracting and labor practices. We can also do another second project at the same time and be back up to 600 jobs, except everybody's actually doing something productive and we're getting twice as much subway now, for our money. that's interesting because, hmm, what a concept. Building more <laughs> transit with less money by doing good practices and not corruption? That's crazy. Which doesn't exist in New York City. <laughs> nope, not <laughs> at all. Nope. Yeah. So, that's this episode. Um, sure is. Yeah. The New York episode. I, once again, to all New Yorkers, I am very sorry. I probably greatly simplified the process of getting this thing built in the first place. I know there's been a lot of people who have been advocating and fighting for it for a long time. And it is, you know, despite its cost, probably worth it. <laughs> yeah, because, because it gets two trillion riders a second. Because it's going to just get huge amounts of ridership. In the future. (laughs) And is over a century delayed. Yeah. 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 And so... And also, I'm sorry, I probably called your trains the wrong thing because you have 40 of them. Yeah. The good thing is we're... We hate you because we ain't you. (laughs) (laughs) The good thing is we're probably well past far far enough along in the design and construction process that we can crap on the complete lack of the corruption and talk about the things we can prove and approve as much as we want without any actual risk of affecting the actual project. Yeah, well, and the bad thing about this is that there are still Phase 3 and 4, which is supposed to take it like the full length of Manhattan, Uh and it's estimated that those will cost an additional $13.5 billion. Where are these numbers coming from? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. So, what I would dearly love is for New York to be able to, like, get their costs down to the most expensive in the world, but only by a little. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of by a large factor. Right. So they could build just a whole crap ton of new subway lines and capacity improvements and make it so the parts of the subway that currently exist are better. So if you can get from thirteen billion for phases three and four to to like seven billion. Yeah, and then spend the other six billion on like fixing the rest of the subway. Voila. Like, we're not suggesting MTA gets less money. We're suggesting they do more with the same amount of money. Right. And actually, MTA should get more money, and they should do more with more money. Doing more with more, not less with more? (laughs) That's right. That's a crazy concept. Yeah, it could not be VTA. So, yeah, that's the episode for today. If you're in New York... Good luck. Yeah. Good Lord. I'm sorry, guys. You guys... Man... Enjoy the cavernous underground stations. Yeah, I mean, go ride the Second Avenue subway. It's probably the nicest section of the subway at this time. But and when I go to New York, I'll be going there to foam. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, enjoy having nice trains. Yeah, you and guys do service. You already have the best trains in this country. You could have like it wouldn't even be hard for you guys to have the best trains in the world. <laughs> by uh, spending money intelligently. Well, yeah. except Tokyo. Yeah, except Sorry, Tokyo. Sorry, you can't beat Tokyo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It wouldn't be hard for you guys to have the best trains in the world outside of Tokyo. (laughs) 
all you gotta do is fix corruption at the, that does not exist and um, yeah. <laughs> and fix contracting and fix labor practices a very simple process that's easy yeah definitely yep where we're not uh, digging into the most complicated and most political parts of the MTA machine. Not at all. Let's nope. make New York the best city in the world again. Well, it for- already is the best city <laughs> in the world. Oh. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, yeah. fortunately, it and its transit agency are completely... Salt Lake City is not Salt the Lake's best not city in the world. Really? Salt Lake City, more like Salt Lake Shitty. Look, I would, say, I would probably yeah. say that, like, I don't know... It seems that the size of a city is directly proportional to its quality, generally. Yeah. Like, Mexico City is the largest city in North America, and it's well, a very... because, like, the more population you have, the more cool crap you have. Right. So, but as an American nationalist and a chauvinist, New York is the best city in the world, simply because it's the largest and best city in our country. Let's mm. go. <laughs> and Salt Lake's a close number two. I, th- I think Salt Lake. I will think that I would consider <laughs> Philadelphia or Chicago a close number two. I think Salt Lake only makes any lists because it's the only city in a very, very large area. <laughs> yeah. So I have too much pride. You do have pride in Salt Lake City, yeah. which is good. We have better blocks than New York, though. Yeah. No, we don't. We do. We no. objectively bigger the better. No. Yeah. That is actually yep. wrong in terms of walkability. <laughs> we could build cut and cover subway on any street. So can they. The yeah. streets are plenty wide. Their blocks are just small. Mm, mm. I see. And you don't Sounds like they need that need much space for cutting cover something. Okay, but we can have an easier time doing it. We can just dig up like half the street. Sounds like they need. We could do blocks. like twelve track cut and cover. Why? <laughs> <laughs> New York would be really p- well positioned to do super blocks, though. I will say that. Bigger blocks. They yeah. aren't bigger <laughs> blocks. <laughs> That's not what a super block means. <laughs> so New York and Salt Lake can come to the same conclusion through different means, which yeah. is big blocks are and good. If uh, someone wants to give me, I don't know, a thousand dollars to fly to New York and ride the Second Avenue subway, I will be. You should do that. Yeah, and me don't, specifically. Don't, yeah, yeah, you don't, specifically. Don't think about us, so, yeah. Yeah, have fun, yeah. nerd. Over. Yeah. I am a foamer. All right, so our first AMA question, Ask Us Anything, from Patreon for December is from Zach Adams. Zach asks, so how do y'all really feel about the gondola, winky face? And have y'all put much thought into what a more sensible solution would be? I am gondola agnostic. Do not ask this question of me. Yeah, I'm with Connor on this one. As a transit person who likes cool things that aren't roads, no complaints about spending government money to build a gondola. On the other hand, you could just run bus service and limit the amount of cars that can go on the road so it doesn't get clogged up. I, <laughs> I'm definitely, uh, I don't really like the gondola, but I know it's going to get built, so it's, I can know. live with it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, bus service... I'd be Based. improved bus service when we actually have operators. Yeah, here's the thing that annoyed me, because the two options UDOT quote-unquote gave to the public, close quote-unquote, were A, widen the canyon road and run buses, or B, build an entire gondola. There was no... There was d- a third option. There, there were five options. There they, wasn't one they, fielded in the final selection, <laughs> <laughs> which is just run more buses and limit the cars. Yeah, it was widen the road or build massive snowsheds over the road. Well, they're building the snowsheds anyway. What's the point of the snowshed? 
Oh, uh, to prevent snow from getting on the road. So you can make where, sure. Where? <laughs> because even though we have a gondola, we need to we need to make sure we can get more cars up more easy. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're building the snowsheds anyways, which is I, d- I didn't know they were doing which is the part of the gondola price tag. And they're also widening Wasatch and building a bunch of parking, which is also part of the gondola See, price tag. I think I think instead so most of, of the s- cost isn't actually the gondola. Gondola is like half of it. Sick. So we could double the cost of the gondola by only, or double or the length of the by gondola. going to Park City. Yes. Also, <laughs> also, 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 also. I was looking on Google Maps earlier. Don't ask why. But do you know what resort we should build a gondola to? Snow Basin up in Ogden. Why? Because um, if you look on a map at Snow Basin, um, so Alta and Snowbird, you go to the bottom of the ski lifts with your car, and then you take the ski lift up the mountain. Um, at Snow Basin, you drive around to the back side of the mountain into the instead of the side that's like on the front by the city. You can put a gondola right to like downtown Ogden from there. I know because the snow basin road, the car route, is like 20 miles from Ogden. It's, it's a long and pretty dangerous drive. Yeah, so if, if I put this into the trip into the trip planner here real quick. Replace OGX with a gondola. A based. See, a gondola would be much better. Yeah, but, but I, watch I this. See what you mean. I, put, I put this into the into the trip planner. You got to do this big like hook shape up around through some small towns to get into Snow Base on the other side of the mountain, or you could just build a. I'm measuring the straight line distance, a two and a half mile long gondola to the peak that Snow Basin services. Or you could do a five point four six mile long gondola to downtown Ogden, which would be incredibly based. But big brain. And another bad you can thing stick about it that. on top of the Cash Valley Bank building. <laughs> the, wait, put it on the Cash Valley Bank building? Yeah, that's Which the is in Ogden? building in Ogden. Oh my goodness! Wait, it's, it's, there's a Cash Valley Bank in Ogden? I think so. I think not in not in Cash there. Valley. They have like a real tall building there. If you look, the Cash Valley Bank I know is in Logan, which is in Cash Valley. Yeah, and I'm sure that that's also one, but it's like. Yeah, right what? There. Cash Valley Bank, that building. That's right there. a it's nice like the building. the tallest building in the city. Wow. And it's also the tallest building in Logan. I'm pretty sure. Mm. Cash Valley going hard, I guess. Yeah, outside of Cash Valley. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Well, that canyon's really... That's a really bad drive. That yeah. Yeah, so I don't so know... So build a different gondola is what you're saying. I'm, yes. I'm saying let's yes. build a gondola following the road so it's just as... Oh, my goodness. Just, that's <laughs> terrible. Because it's, it's either, uh, um, according to my trip planner here, a 16 and a half mile drive on weird canyon roads from the mouth of the canyon, the, the uh, east side of Ogden, or... Uh, two and a half mile bird's bird's eye view gondola, which is obviously longer because it goes uphill. But mm-hmm. well, if you build it from that Eccles Dinosaur Park, I'm sure they would pitch in because yeah. they're notorious for having tons of money. Well, you could build it straight from Weber State. There's plenty of parking at Weber State. Yeah, you could build a gondola from Weber, Weber State, State is to Snow Basin. Like hey, State you really could use the existing parking lot and save on construction costs. They have a yeah. sad stadium too, with a parking crater next to it. Yeah. You, you should see the... Oh, in the D Weber. event center, there's even more parking there. Yeah. You should see the Weber State campus right uh, below Hill Air Force Base. Oh? Yeah. The mini one? The mini one, but... Um, Is it here? Hidden. Where? Oh, good. Uh, yeah, that one. That's Look a at that parking lot. Parking. Yeah. And a solar farm for some reason. Yep. But... A bus stop. All right. 
<laughs> so we can go from this pile of dirt next to Weber State main campus to the Needles Lodge at Snow Basin in a 3.2 mile. Lodge? I don't search. know. It showed Put up it on at the, the top of the mountain. This is at the top of the mountain. Where? Yeah, it, the Needles Lodge is really close to the top. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's but just labeled on the map, so I'm choosing that. That's a 3.2 mile straight line distance. Obviously longer because you can't go in a straight line and you have to go up. Weak. But like that's like half the length of the Alta Snowbird one. Well, I look forward to riding the gondola. I do, but like my new my new official take on this is build it at Snow Basin because it would actually be a huge improvement in transportation. The trouble is there. Snow Basin isn't as much of a tourism one as Alta and so Snowbird are. They could the actually point use is a gondola. Tourism. Okay, run buses for the tourists. Tourists can't ride buses. No, oh, those, those are for right. the locals. Those are for the pores. Oh, the local pores. Not for the rich tourists. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're skiing and you're a tourist, you're rich. If you're skiing and you're local, you're middle class. So. No pores are allowed to ski. It's a cost barrier. This is true. Like, skiing is expensive. I spent an entire two weeks paycheck on a, on a, on a icon pass. So is that check with a Q U E at the end? I don't know. I'm American. <laughs> Go America. USA. USA. Come on. Join the chant. USA. USA. Thank you. USA. Thank you. We lost the world. Now, better solution. We do a ski tube. What's I a like, ski a, tube, I like a ski tube. You like I a like ski, a ski tube. tube. You know what a ski yeah. tube is. Well, yeah, a ski I tube, think Connor. A ski, tube. So, a ski tube is this thing they did in Australia because Australia, fun fact, actually has five ski resorts because That's they have less than we have in Utah. These wimpy ass mountains called the Great Dividing Range that <laughs> get snow on them. Who sort names of. these? Okay, I'm going to be honest. I thought a ski tube was a tube that goes through the mountain that you ski through. No. Okay. It's a train. So it's. It's a train, and it is it's a tunnel. 5.3 miles long, and it runs from this giant parking lot, which could be, of course... Transit accessible. Not be... Yeah, transit accessible parking lot instead of the non-transit accessible precisely, parking Precisely, precisely. And one of the two ski resorts that this goes to, Parisher, I think relies only on the ski tube train for deliveries. So it doesn't need or it doesn't have a road to it. Just Which saves train. a lot yeah. of maintenance. Costs. And so the train runs like on a normal adhesion railway for like most of its length until it gets to the mountain. When it goes into this super steep tunnel that <laughs> turns into a rack railway. It's like single track tunnel all the way to the top of the mountain. That's awesome. I and know. It's this pretty small operation. Like they've got single digit number of train sets. Three. <laughs> Or like four or something. Sometimes they take them apart and attach them to different ones depending yeah. on the time of but day. But it's it's called ski tube because the trains are basically like subway trains. <laughs> like they're yeah. they're really big and they have this super wide loading gauge and it's very cool. We'll link the Wikipedia of it in the description. But it's my opinion that what we should do is a mixed operation train that runs along I two fifteen from Salt Lake City and then seasonally continues up to Alta and Snowbird. And then to Park City yeah. through the mountain, and then we get rid of the road, and we just have a train there instead. So, and have the train run in between the highway? No, no road, no highway. No, I'll get rid of it. Yeah, just get rid of it and put okay. the train there. I don't think that would be too popular. Why not? People like their highways. Sucks. <laughs> People like having a canyon not despoiled by a gondola too, but they're getting that. So, it so. wouldn't be spoiled that much. 
And we yeah. can put flag stops on the way for recreational purposes. Of course. And, and anyway, my idea is that instead of doing a gondola or expanding the road or doing both, which is probably what's going to end up happening, nah. we just get rid of the road and we build a ski train that also goes to Park City. That's never going to happen, though. It will when I'm dictator of America. I mean, that does solve everybody's complaints other than cost with the with the gondola project. Cost schmost. It's UDOT, so yeah, actually. They have unlimited funny money. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're not going to build trains with their funny money, though. <laughs> well, if it serves the people who drive their car to, ba- to the base of the train yeah. to ride it up the mountain. Yeah. Yeah. And if they make all the fair money. The people that go on the bus to the bottom of the train to go up the mountain. Yeah. Are you in favor of the alternative Cograil proposal, man? That's what this would be. But underground? No, it doesn't have to be underground. Oh, in place of the road? Yeah, just get they gonna, the road. Right, because they want to do the Cograil in a new place, which would have involved quite a bit of environmental destruction, which is bad. Uh, and, I say, yeah. and I say road go bye-bye, train go hello. So that's got to actually be pretty cheap because you already have like a nice right away. Yep. So anyway, that's my 14 cents. At least. Well, why not have, see, this might be a dumb idea, but you get rid of one lane of the road. You have one way up. You can just. And then coming down, you follow the train. You, you can just. Because you can't do cog rail. You have to have. Oh, yeah. Because okay. this is too steep for a conventional adhesion railway, yeah. even a light rail. So you have to have the cogs to ascend. Okay, yeah. so that's going to be descend, too much. Yeah. And you can do all your construction over summer season, like they do with the ski lifts, or at least tried to do with the ski lifts this year. Did yeah. not work. They're still, work. they're still doing construction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. It's like a Swiss railway in the middle of Australia, basically is what this is. <laughs> like in the middle? Well, I don't know where Parisher is. Let me look That'd it up. That'd be good to know. Surely southern Australia. Yeah, it's in, like, I want to say New South Wales. That makes sense. In the Great Dividing Range next to Mount Kosciuszko, which is the tallest mountain in Australia. Oh, yeah. Uh, It's staggering 6,200 feet, (laughs) which is Mm. about the elevation of where we're standing now, if I'm not mistaken. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so see... The bottom one, which is Parisher, has a parking lot, but mm-hmm. the other one does not. And so to get here to Blue Cow, you take the train. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. I reckon you could also do the... Cons- oh, see, see, here's the ski to Parisher station on the map, <laughs> which is not very visible. <laughs> anyway, it says it right there. All they need there is a transit-accessible parking lot instead of a non-transit-accessible parking yeah, lot. Yeah, they do have a non-transit-accessible Well, no, you can take a Greyhound there. And Once then, a day. Yeah, and then sleep overnight, and then ski, and then sleep overnight again, and then take the Greyhound out, which is practical. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon they could do uh, constructing a train on the road up Little Cottonwood, starting at the top and going down. Like, if, if their construction logistics broke down and they had to finish it the next season, you could just run a bus bridge and meet in the middle or something. How about... Or start at the bottom and go up and run the buses on the top end. How about we build... An elevated train above the road. Oh my god. That's cursed. Obscenely expensive. Yeah. That's hard enough on regular terrain. <laughs> would solve the snowshed problem. It would. Big time. Well, because it would be a snowshed. Not, not necessarily. 
that would block the snow from going on the cars. But the the snow shed is to stop like uh, snow from coming down the mountain, not coming from the sky. Okay. For the most part. Does it really matter if a bunch of snow piles up on the train tracks? You can just get some like heavy specialized equipment to plow it off. Well, or you can just keep running the trains. Yeah. yeah. If there's like an avalanche, you're going to need some specialized equipment. But other than that, you're well, fine. No, if it, if it was right above the road, though. Yeah. Well, the snow would still come on. Okay, well, the, you could like close so it, just, it off on the side. Yeah. But I wouldn't it be good for good, good for the. Well, yes, because we're trying to accommodate cars here. Yeah. Why would you do that when you cannot? America. Exactly. Just saying. Just. Well, uh, anyway, I'm good question. Yeah, good yeah. question, Zach Adams. Thank you. And yeah. we'll see you next episode with another Ask Us Anything question. Give us money on Patreon if you want to ask those and have us uh, answer them money, on air. more like funny. Funny money? Huh. Okay, so our patrons at $10, or excuse me, at $20 at slightly above frontrunner tier, we have Zach Adams. At $10 per month frontrunner tier, we have Curtis Herring, Mike Christensen, and Phobos2390. At $5 a month, our redline tier, we have Brian Smith, Christopher Whaley, Jacob Whitecotton, Robert P. Walsh, and... That's it. That's it. <laughs> uh, at our $3, $3 blue line tier, we have Ben Busath, DJ Will Watkins, hey Will. Ethan McDonald, John Heron Gorman, and Martin Hecker-Martinez. Thank, Thank you, guys. You yeah, thanks, patrons. Uh, if you're listening to this on YouTube, you should make sure to like, comment, and subscribe, and then follow us and leave us a rating on any other platform, especially iTunes and Spotify. Uh, you should follow us on Twitter at capital the, capital red, capital line, underscore, not capital, pod. Not to be confused with the other similar Twitter handle for a similarly named podcast about something completely unrelated. Yeah, which I should which be a guest predates on. Us. I would... I'd be a good guest on there, you know? You my, would be. My specialty yeah. in um, my political science degree is international relations. So Which would be, be an excellent good, fit for that. Yeah, that would be a good <laughs> fit. Um, so invite me on. I'll talk about, I don't know, something. Uh, <laughs> Content be like. Yeah. Uh, other things that I have to advertise. Oh, I have a new Twitter account. It's, <laughs> It's, it's a Pete Buttigieg one. It's at nationalization underscore now. Both are capitalized. You should follow it because I want to be annoying about nationalization. Um, anything else? Um, Off to the podcast minds we go to dig up episode 30. <laughs> New yeah. York, New York, it's a hell of a town. The subway's expensive. Da 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 da. In the Broadway style. Yeah. 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 Get it? Because there's a subway under Broadway. <laughs> yeah, the Broadway subway, which carries the B, M, and T. I remembered. Yeah. Yeah. Bacon, and, marmalade, uh, and tomato. Make sure. Bacon, marmalade, and tomato. If yeah. you're on YouTube, uh, fact check us about all things New York. Okay. Yeah. Actually, fact check us about all things New York. Also, we know that Rezo is network. You can please stop commenting that on. On the on the ram hey, episode, the easiest way to get video engagement is by saying wrong things on air. Ah, yes. Like we're bad. gonna get a lot of comments about you mixing up the BQ whatever and the BM. I called whatever. it the BQM and it's the BMT. I was close. Well, and also you, you saying catacombs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so this, this is actually our sneaky strategy to get engaged. Sure. Yeah. This was intentional the whole time. Definitely not yeah. just not revising Us the being scripts. incompetent. Yeah. <laughs> Or me being incompetent, I guess. Yeah, this is entirely your fault, Connor. Yeah. As the host. Yeah. That's right. Um, so, yeah. Right. I mean, the thing about New York is 
Like, it's a hell of a town. New York, New York, it's a hell of a town. Um, no, it's... I want to do an explainer episode so bad, but I know it would turn into like a six or seven part series because... <sighs> Can we do the Corruption in New York series, please, please? Uh, well, that'd just be Corruption. Very... Not all of New York, just the Corruption. Well, that'd be really subway. short because there's no Corruption. Oh, yeah, so. yeah. There's no Corruption in yeah, New okay. York. That would be like and there never a three-minute episode. Uh. Yeah. Um... No, but I really want to do, like, a New York explainer someday. I just know it would either be, like, two, three-hour episodes or a bunch of episodes. Let's do Compromise. Let's do Corruption in New York, starting with one episode. It'll probably spiral off. That's not, like, an episode for us, though. Like, that's not our topic. I would just want to do the subway. Like, I want to do the evolution of the lure and the mata and the... Manure and the Nijita and the path. <laughs> and then you can use that as an avenue to explain New York and also its corruption. New York, New York, we have lots of corruption. 